now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp.
All right. Hello, people. <laughs> hey, that is Morgan Harper Nichols, and that is her song, Storyteller, which is actually, in case you didn't know, this is actually her ministry. She That's, that's what she does. She does art, which is her ministry, and, you know, she does poetry. She does all these things, and she has made a whole, uh, you know, whole ministry of helping people tell their stories and Carmen I see that you you like the video and I do too I love it the first time I saw it I totally cried I was like <laughs> look at all these things that the Lord's done you know I was a mess and and to be honest I could cry right now because when you think about the story of your life and the things that Jesus can bring a person through it's amazing it really is and I think sometimes we we miss you know we miss you know some of the the nuances this morning just as an example i was i was reading in a book and it said that you know it begins with a word and then a sentence and then a paragraph and then a page that's how stories are told and i i was like you know what i was thinking about that i was thinking isn't it interesting that we forget sometimes the simple basic stuff that that everything that we are and who we began to be, how we, how we came to be, we had to learn to speak one word at a time. And I'll tell you, for most pickleball players, it was the word ball, ball. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> Every time though I'm at pickleball, we're all yelling ball when, when somebody has to go do the ball. I always think that. But, you know, usually it's mom or dad or something like that, you know. <laughs> Anyway, long story short, I am so honored and blessed today to have Roshonda Pratt as my guest. Uh, if you don't know who, who Roe is or The Roe Show, then guess what? You're going to get introduced to The Roe Show because uh, uh, last year uh, I was honored to be uh, uh, one of the speakers on the promotions panel at Dr. Ikena Finch's Social Power Summit, her first one. And Roe was also on that panel with me and it was super cool because I didn't know her and she I don't think she knew me <laughs> or maybe we knew of me and we kind of knew of each other but we never met and so here we were with Dr. Ikena super powerful woman that she is on her platform for the first time and uh anyway I got to know Ro a little bit and she's the pastor's wife uh she's a mother uh, she is vocal, just like me, just so you know. She likes to tell it like the truth, slightly cynical, because she used to be a local CBS News news reporter, you know, a producer, and uh, and all that, and a, a social media, uh, what's the word, coordinator. So she knows what she's doing, and I'm totally honored to have her on the show. So, Ro, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Yay, you're here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, Stacey. And I have to say, I did know you. I remember I told you I appropriately stalked you ah. <laughs> from Periscope days. So I remember you from the days of Periscope when we started there on that live platform. And I'd watch what you do here on Bible News Radio. And I would think, how cool is this to use a platform like this to further spread the gospel of Jesus? I love it. Amen. Well, thank you. And you know what? I, I have to ask you. What did you think of the song? Was that the first time you've heard this song? That, that was the first time I heard that song, and it was absolutely beautiful. You know, you talked about trying to hide back, you know, fight back tears. I was over here doing the same thing. Like, I can't mess up my eye makeup before I make it to the <laughs> here. But it was a beautiful story. I, you know, and just like you said, stories first start with words. 
and then it becomes a sentence and then it becomes um, etched in stone as a story. And so I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, I, well, I do too. And, you know, actually, you know where I read that quote? I read that quote in a book on discipline of all things. Yeah. You know? So yeah. let's start back when you were a baby. No, okay, I have to ask. Are you an only child? No, I have sisters. Okay. Um, but I am the baby of the family, and um, which is comes with its own unique things. I think, you know, the fact of my older sister and I are 10 years apart. So I often tell people when she was 16, I was six. She didn't want to hang out with me. She didn't want to hang out with her six-year-old sister. But one of the greatest things that she did for me because I wanted to hang out with her one time is she took me to the library and said, hey, if you're going to hang out with me, go into the library. You're going to have to read a book. And she got into reading and got me my first library card. And ever since then, I've been hooked. Ah, okay. Well, see, you know what? I've been hooked on books myself. But actually, you're a firstborn. According to all the birth order books and stuff like that, if there's, there's four years or more, Above yeah. the next sibling to you, you're actually considered a firstborn. I'll take it. You are. I, and the only reason I asked that was because, number one, you're a clear leader. You know, wow. babies yeah. don't generally do what you do, just so you know. I mean, <laughs> they don't. They don't. <laughs> and, I to learn. I just would have liked that. <laughs> well, the, the reason I ask is because, you know, I'm a firstborn middle child. I have, mm-hmm. I have two brothers. So I kind of got practiced on because I was the only girl, but you know, I'm, I'm middle. So I have that, that social connection thing and which you definitely have. I mean, you're completely charismatic, which is awesome. I had to, you know, what's so funny though, Stacey, I had to learn how to be charismatic. Um, My dad would move a lot because of his business. My dad is a welder, retired welder. And so we always moved to different cities. So I was always the new kid in class. Mm -hmm. So I often tell people I learned how to be outgoing. But when I look back growing up as a kid, I really was rather reserved, a little bit shy. But if you're always the new kid in class, you have to learn how to be social and how to make friends. And so I've learned how to be outgoing and it works for me sometimes. Just sometimes. Yeah, I hear you. I Well, my mom did the same thing. We we moved a lot. It, it wasn't. Thank you, Bareface. My, my husband's like, look there to go. Okay. <laughs> My, uh, my, uh, um, I, I went after my mother died, I inherited the report cards that she collected throughout my life. And in my very first kindergarten report card, it mm-hmm. said that I was a shy little girl that sat in the corner, basically. <laughs> yeah, but we moved a lot too. It wasn't until I got to high school that it was the first, uh, school that I stayed in for the whole time I was in high school. So yeah. I get it. And I'm actually very introverted as well which a lot of people don't believe, but it's really true. true. Same here. I tell people that all the time. It's like, that's a secret. I'm, I'm really a little bit shy. No, it isn't. You never meet a stranger. I was like, well, I've learned how to do this. You accustomed to the things that you learn how to do it. You, you learn how to perfect it. Right. So, okay. So did you grow up in a Christian home? No, I did not. Okay. I didn't either. That's another thing we have in common. So how did you come to faith in Christ? Um, I think it was really... Um, a journey that I went through. Um, it wasn't until I was at uh, Winthrop University in Rock Hill, South Carolina. I wasn't actually, I wasn't even going to go to Winthrop, first of all. I, you know, I discovered I wanted to be a journalist and I was going to go to Michigan State. 
And um, one of the board of trustees members at Winthrop University talked me into applying to the school because they were trying to get more diversity in the program. <coughs> and said, I will waive the fee if you apply. And I was like, okay, $25? And you're going to waive that? Okay, I'll apply. No biggie. Well, I got accepted, and my mom and I went up there to tour the school and fell in love with the campus. And my mom made me a deal. She said, if you will stay here at least for a semester so dad and I could just kind of work some things out to get you to Michigan, you can transfer. Well, by the time that happened, I didn't want to leave. And I really had an encounter with Jesus Christ because I met a girl in my science lab class who was very friendly, gregarious, loved to shop like I did. Matter of fact, we would go shopping in between classes. And um, in between us shopping for clothes and uh, eating and doing, just doing girl things, she would talk to me about the love of God. And I never knew about that before. I never heard anybody talk to me about the fact that Jesus died for a sinner like me. I was well aware that I was a sinner well aware. No one had to tell me that I was going to hell. I already knew. But he talked to me about the fact that God loved me, even though I was a hot mess, even though I was broken, I was wounded. And there came a time where there was a fire drill. I'll never forget that. And I didn't understand then. Now I know now. But uh, there were some ladies on the campus who uh, were praying for me. And one of the ladies came over doing the fire drill and basically said she has to give her life to Jesus tonight. It's imperative. And she talked to me that night about how much God loved me despite everything that happened in my life, despite the ups and downs, and that he wants to have not religion with me, but he wants to have a relationship with me. Hmm. And I gave my heart to Jesus while I was in college. Wow, that is so cool. Well. It's kind of weird how our lives have paralleled. I actually, I actually became a Christian when I was in high school mm. and, you know, I was sexually abused most of my childhood and I came to a point where yeah. it was either continue to be abused and, and have it be worse and worse as my perpetrator would tell me or tell somebody. And every night I would cry out to God, even though. I didn't know him. I would cry out to him. And it was at the time TBN had just come on the air for the most part. And I would pray all that prayer about asking Jesus into your heart. But I never, I didn't understand it. I had no clue. But because I moved around a lot and I joined um, this, I went to a new high school, I joined choir. And when I was in choir, there was a girl in there named Gail. I became friends with her. And she started telling me about Christ and how much he loved me. And she said, you know, he wants to be your best friend. And and it was funny looking back now because she was all always kind of like, are you sure you want to hear this? And I'm like, yeah, tell me this. <laughs> you know, I want to hear it. And so much so that I got excited and I wanted to get a Bible. I went home, asked my mom for a Bible. She said, no, you can't have that book. <laughs> Looks like you're probably in a cult. And I'm like, uh, I'm not in a cult. But long story short, Gail got her grandmother's living Bible and asked her if I could have it. She smuggled it. She literally smuggled it to me in the high school library um, where I gladly accepted it. I devoured it. And the the, the Campus Crusade for Christ had uh, student venture court, uh, clubs on campus back then in the, the 80s. And that's what I went to for church. 
until my mother would let me go, which was a couple years after that. But uh, that's that's how I got saved too, was out of school. <laughs> wow. And you know what? I just thank God for those young people who are bold enough to have those kind of courageous conversations with their friends. Yeah. Because that was the first time that Jesus became real to me. There were times where people tried to have conversations with me, but the problem was their life didn't align with the message. And so, you know, the youth pastor who invited me to youth, but at the same time was trying to flirt with me, really didn't win me over to come to church. Or the people who were saying, hey, go to church, but yet they were living contradictory. I mean, and nobody's perfect. I'm not talking about perfection here. But what I am talking about is the fact of living the truth. And I saw this in this person and I was just like, wow, she's the real deal. And she's serious about this Jesus guy. And I'm like, and I mean, I remember that night, I never advised anybody doing this, Stacey, but I remember that night, you know, I was pretty bold. You know, you talked earlier about me being vocal. And one of the things I told Jesus that night, I said, listen, you got six months to fix what's been broken for, you know, 18, 19 years. You got six months. And if you don't fix this in six months, I'm going back to the club. I'm going back to all the stuff that I was doing and do it bigger than I was doing. And I just remember God reminded me of that time frame that I gave him. And he reminded me that, you know what? I didn't need six months. And I said, God, you didn't. You didn't need six months to give me beauty for ashes. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that cool? And yes. yeah, and it's kind of like I did the same thing. I gave God an ultimatum as well. I, too. I did. You my sister. I don't know, but I did. But what was interesting is I actually did. I, I went before God and I said, you know, I, my mother was, after somehow I got, I, it was revealed to me, I need to tell this. I was only 14, 13, 14. Which is young. When I look back, I go, oh my gosh, this is such a baby. But I never felt that young. And and when I got the courage up to turn my perpetrator in, because nobody else would, um, I told the Lord, I said, look, if you get the charges dropped from this man, which was given 25 years in prison for his crimes against me, I will Mm -hmm. serve you the rest of my life. That's it. Otherwise, no. (laughs) Wow. So. Bravo, Bravo to you, Stacey, for being strong and courageous and speaking out and telling your story and also for holding the person accountable for what they did to you. Bravo to you for doing that. Yeah. Well, my mom forced me to recant. So he actually did get out. And, but you know, I never had contact with him after that. And my mom died early and I really do believe it was God's, you know, yeah, judgment. I shouldn't say it that way, but I really do believe it because I think if my mother had lived, uh, she died 16 years ago almost 17 years ago, I think my life would be completely different. And I never thought that I was courageous, just like you, you know, you're, you're bold and it, and charismatic, but you don't, it, that's clearly God's gift and who you are. I, I couldn't see that until just like five years ago, probably. Well, the same here. I had to learn to do that. I mean, I was working in television news for 20 years, writing the scripts and stories that the anchors read on air. And I didn't have a voice and I realized that I was used to hiding in the background where I knew that God had called me in the forefront to be a voice, to do very much of what we're doing right here. Mm -hmm. But I was so used to being the person who fed them the words and not being the carrier of the message. And I really had to embrace the fact that my mess 
my M-E-S-S is really a part of the message. People don't want people that are perfect. They're already dealing with their own, you know, perfectionism issues, <laughs> but they who are real and who are relevant and who have truth and a great, you know, great message and they, they can see and feel the love of God that's on them. Yeah. Well, and is, don't you, do you find that, you know, uh, I used to listen to Janet Parshall and I don't know if you know who that is, but she's a radio talk show host. She's considered the, the quote queen of Christian radio. Okay. She's, okay. she's in her seventies now. I think she's 70. I'm 50. Yeah. I think she's 70 or 60. I may be 69, but anyway, she's, she's old enough to be our mother. Anyway, and um, I, I often heard her talk about how God puts us in a specific classroom for a time, and then he moves us on. So your classroom, you know, you wanted to be a journalist. So why did you want to become a journalist? You know, because here you were, you ended up becoming the storyteller, but not the face. But obviously, God wanted you to be the face, too. And well, the journey started here in the fourth grade. My parents, my mom and dad are from Trinidad and Tobago. And growing up in the 80s, you only had one TV in the house. You know, I tell my kids <laughs> how blessed you are. There's more than one TV here. Right. And so there's one TV and nine times out of 10, dad always had the remote. So um, growing up, my dad would always watch the news. If you go to my parents' house today, my dad would still have the news on. And while my friends were watching Rainbow Bright, the Smurfs and Gem, my dad would make me watch the news. And he told me as an American citizen, it's my duty and my responsibility to know what's going on in my country. He should know more about it than I do. And so I started this love of watching Tom Brokaw and Peter Jennings and Walter Cronkite, all these old school guys, because there really wasn't any women on air in a major position at the time. And especially a minority woman at that. And I remember thinking to myself, this is great. Like they're really knowledgeable about what they're speaking. And it really started this passion of wanting to be informed. I thought it was being a writer. And then later on in high school, I discovered it was journalism. And so that really started my journey of wanting to become a broadcast journalist. And I went into the profession wanting to be a reporter. And if I'm very honest with myself, which I'm going to be, tell tell you guys this, I knew very early on, God told me, I'm going to put you here, but I'm not going to prosper your voice here. Hmm. And that was very difficult because I wanted to be a reporter. I want to be out there covering hurricanes. I can't believe I actually wanted to cover a hurricane, <laughs> like cover a hurricane. And I wanted to be out there covering the major news stories. But God gave me that opportunity to cover major news stories. If you think about anything that's happened major in the last 20 years, I've had the great privilege of being on the front lines of telling those stories from 9-11, the war on terror, the removal of the Confederate flag from the state house, South Carolina state house uh, grounds, every major story, the death of Daryl Earnhardt Sr. I've had the great privilege of covering those stories. So though I have not been the mouthpiece, my words were there. And so from that, opened up the door of God really starting to push me out there when live video was invented about three years ago. And that he said, that's where I want you to to thrive. And so my classroom was uh, NBC, uh, CBS, PBS. And I learned in those environments to take those very things and use it when it comes to live video. See, now that is super cool because you know what I, you know what I think and And you you always say, you know, oh, this, you know, person, you know, is a 
what is it like an overnight success <laughs> right I mean think about it right you know I mean I, I've had people tell me oh yeah you know it comes so easy it's amazing you've had Dr. Ben Carson and people like that on your show and and how'd that happen you know you were just so lucky or whatever and I'm like eh, I've been doing this 15 years <laughs> right. right so and I think Stacey's our responsibility to tell people that a lot of times yeah. people see the glory, but they don't understand the story or the journey that it took to get you there. You know, I was telling people this the other day, um, you know, my online and you guys see it right there in the banner. I'm known online as the Rosho Live. It was a nickname that I received at every television station I worked at. I was always called the Rose Show. And people didn't know it from previous stations. It just followed me. Hmm. And so I was telling my live audience the other day, I said, you guys are excited because you know the Rose Show. But what you don't understand is I was always the Rose Show when I was living in rural South Carolina in a small community called Bishopville. And when I was looking at the overgrown grass in my backyard and washing dishes and trying to figure out what my call and purpose is besides ministry, what is my marketplace ministry? God called me then the Rose Show. You're just seeing the effects of it. But I was always that then. You just get the great opportunity to see it now. But I saw it way before it became the present back then yeah oh I love what you just said you said people see the glory but they don't see the story or understand the story that's exactly right that's a tweetable people should tweet that (laughs) okay so how did you actually you know you just were you on Periscope too you were I was Okay, so how did how, what what was it like for your your first time on Periscope? I've actually saved all my stuff and I've I've gone back and seen some of them and laughed hilariously at them. Well, you know, here's the thing that's so funny. So before Periscope came about, about two or three years prior, when I was in that rural community, I started doing YouTube videos. And if you look, I keep those YouTube videos up there. I think it's the way for me to keep myself humble. Mm-hmm. And I look at my energy and look at what's going on. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is like watching paint dry. How are you doing this? <laughs> and you worked in TV for 20 years. I had to get out of my head. So when live video came, I'll never forget the day I saw it. I was working at my local CBS station and we just finished up the morning show. And right after our morning show would come on CBS this morning with Gail and Gail and Nora were talking about this new cool app. You're going to remember this called um, Meerkat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right on the heels of Meerkat was Periscope. So Periscope totally right. dominated, shut down Meerkat. And they were talking about this and I was sitting there just enthralled. I was like this at the TV. Oh my God. And all my TV buddies, all my colleagues around me is like, oh my gosh, another app. But what I saw was the opportunity to tell stories. What I was just totally excited. The people around me were just like, whatever. And so I started playing around with it. And I remember talking to my news director at the time and telling her, I was like, you know, I really think we need to get on this Periscope. We really should start doing stuff with live stream. And her response to me is like, why? I mean, we live stream already on our website. And I'm like, you're missing it. This is before even Facebook Live came about. Oh, wait. Before Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, no, this is where it's moving. And um, yep. 
I started doing it. And then a couple of people in the newsroom started asking me questions and they started doing it. Um, one of my colleagues and I, shout out to Dion Guillory. He and I used to do um, the news after the news. So we would take like the five hot stories of the day and we would kind of dissect it and, you know, give our stance on, you know, working in the news, how covering this story. And it became really popular and people were excited. And I really started to own this thing called live video on the platform. And then it became a thing that now here we are, I'm already on it doing it. And now wrote a book about it, became an Amazon bestseller. But now you have some TV stations all across the country trying to do what? Use live video. Mm -hmm. Trying to figure out how to connect to their audience beyond the five o'clock and evening news. And it was one of those things like I saw the opportunity. And that's the thing that I think all of us can take away, whether you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, you're in ministry, whatever your thing is, whether you're working on somebody's job, you have to understand how to embrace innovation and know when to shift or pivot. Amen. Amen. You know, I have a couple of comments here in Periscope. Kim Wendy said, I too tried to get people on Periscope and they looked at me like I had two heads. You know, and, you know, and it's funny because I don't even remember how the heck I found Periscope, but I mm -hmm. had been blogging and yeah. um, then that's how I launched. That's how I actually started my company was through blogging. I got approached from a guy who uh, was on the Chronicles of Narnia movie. He invited me to NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, and then said, no, nah, I psyched out. No, you can't. And I'm like, yeah, I can. And I went <laughs> and they let me in. I kind of charmed myself in there. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it's so it's so funny because I, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> you just, what? I can't do that. What do you mean I can't do that? Don't take no for an answer. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, it, it was for me, I had to pivot from becoming a, you know, I was a therapist, a, you know, a marriage and family therapist to jumping into this world and, and getting into ministry. It's kind of like, what the why you know and but you know for me it 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 was you know throwing out unbelievable fleeces to god hey okay if you want me to do this i want to interview amy grant you know and i have zero connections to her or anybody in the world i'm just this kid in california i don't know anybody and next thing you know i'm interviewing amy grant <laughs> so it's so it's funny to me because be careful what you wish for. Not that I wished for. I wasn't even looking for it. It was kind of like when I found Randall, I wasn't looking for him. It just kind of, God was like, there's your husband. I'm like, okay. Which brings me to your, your, you know, how did you meet your man and you have baby row and, and other, you have other children, right? Yeah, I have a total of four. Yeah. So, so I often tell people my tuition at college was well spent because I met Jesus, I met Jacoby, my husband, and I met my pastors all there at Winthrop University. That's cool. So um, we met in campus Bible study. We would uh, do campus events together. So a lot of the folks who are part of our campus, campus Bible study at the time are either in full-time ministry, um, ministers of some, their ministry in some capacity. But for a lot of them, they started in college. So he and I were always on the outreach team. I was always the person who's organizing the event. He's always the one who's doing the setup and the breakdown. And the power of words, I would always call him my work husband. Because seriously, he was always the one <laughs> carrying stuff and building the stuff and whatever event we had going on, we would always end up working together. 
And we had a mutual friend who made the comment of, you better be careful. You keep calling him your husband. He's going to end up being your husband one day. Well, 13 years, it'll be 14 years in March. And four kids later, he's my husband. Yeah, he is. And he's a good looking guy. He is a good looking guy. Just so you know. <laughs> and I'm so glad I got to meet him, even though it was at the end of the summit. I got to meet him in yeah. your in your little baby. Yes, uh, baby show. Baby show, which is so cute. Isn't that a, isn't this the cutest thing? She's I love the videos of her, whatever she's doing. I just love it. <laughs> walking. She's 14 months, so she just started walking and learning how to blow kisses. We're still working on that. But she's my surprise baby because um, I was 40. And they thought it was a hernia, Stacy, and oh. found out a whole human being. <laughs> wow. That's Surprise. A, I know. Hey, look at me. I'm here. Well, and you know what? It it's it's cool because, you know, I mean it really is see now getting back to how when you were in the newsroom and you saw the vision that, okay, this live streaming thing has potential and I'm going to get on it. And so is this guy that works with me. You know, we're mm-hmm. going to start doing this regardless if these people want us to or not. You know, it, it, you know, I remember my friend Jennifer, when I was in grad school with her, she was my first, uh, my professor. Uh, I was blogging and she would tease me about it. Uh, she jokingly referred to me as Dr. Blog, even though I don't have a doctorate. Uh, yeah. But I was like... Yeah, I'm just sharing my opinion about what I think about stuff. And, and it, it turned out somebody wanted to give me money for it. Oh. And so I was like, okay. Yeah. it would be kind of dumb not to do this, right? You know? So, okay. So now you're doing the Row Show Live. You, you're, you actually are on live streaming. And one of the things I heard you say recently, you know, let's bring some, uh, let's, let's bring some realness to this because, okay. um, Recently, you did a you did a, a broadcast where you're calling out people for scamming other people in yeah. live streaming. This is the underbelly of live streaming. I mean, there's a lot of scumbags on these live streams. And I'm not saying the people in particular you're talking about are scumbags, but I am saying that they're unethical liars and cheats, which is not good, you know. And to call it out, some people, oh, no, let's just be quiet. We don't, let's not talk about this. But you actually brought it to the forefront, which I'm super grateful for because we need to know about it. Right. You know, I often say we have enough uh, Periscope phonies and Facebook fakers. And um, it was something that was happening in my community even local to my community where I live in South Carolina. And this person had um, started an event, well, several events, and people had paid sponsors fees and paid for tickets. And uh, some folks had found out that it was all a scam. It wasn't going to happen. And I got a lot of inbox messages, a lot of people talking about it. And so I often feel like as a journalist, my responsibility is how can I take this situation and make it a teachable moment? This is not a moment to uh, talk about the people who may have been victims of this, but how can I make this a teachable moment? And so I took that moment and I said, we're going to confront the pink elephant in the room. Everybody's talking about it. If you're local to South Carolina in the city I live in, everybody's talking about it. We're going to talk about it. And then we're also going to talk about how we can prevent this from not happening again. Because working in TV news, I see a gamut of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And we always, every so often, have to remind people about the Nigerian lottery scam. Listen, folks, (laughs) if you didn't play the numbers, 
nine times out of 10, it's a scam. Why are they just randomly picking you? And so I wanted to use that as a teaching moment because that's, Stacey, what I love about the power of journalism, that journalism has the opportunity to educate, empower, and prompt people to action. And those are the things that sometimes I feel that we stray away as journalists. There's still some of people who are holding the torch and doing that. But journalism is not talking about the Kardashians. <clears throat> I don't care. It, it, it's not talking about them. But what journalism is, is really supposed to hold people accountable. We're supposed to educate people. We're supposed to make them better and make them think about what they're doing. And that's what I continue to do with my platform is bring the fact that nothing with God is wasted, Stacy. And the fact that I'm a journalist, I'm going to bring that to my platform. And I felt that was a perfect opportunity to educate and empower people. Yeah. And I'm glad that you did because I didn't know about it. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not in your local community, but I'm here on live streaming. And a couple of years ago, Robert Stern kind of, you know, rip a whole bunch of people off on Blab and he's still doing it. And so you, when I heard you talking about how this this was a, a woman or women, I don't know if it was more than one, mm-hmm. you know, doing this. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, as Randall always says, some people will do so much work so that they don't have to work. I mean, exactly. they're budding entrepreneurs for sure. You know, <laughs> Exactly. I'm like, if you just put that effort into making this a real event, you can really be profitable and then create a great name for yourself. And what we discovered is um, this is not the first time this has happened in our community. And so, again, for those reasons, I felt like I needed to say something. Yeah, I'm glad you did. And one of the things during during your thing that you also said that I really liked was you said that you're cynical. And and the reason I'm going to tell you why I liked the you fact that you saying that you did. You actually said it. you can go back and watch it. <laughs> I remember it, though, because I've had a couple of my listeners who like to jab me occasionally tell me I'm cynical and I don't generally feel cynical. Mm-hmm. I mean, I Define don't know. cynical. I you know, for me, it would be like, yeah, I don't just believe everything that's put out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Maybe that's probably not, Bareface probably has that, the accurate. Maybe I said, yeah, I think I said something like, I could be jaded because of the years working in TV. Could be. TV to you. When you work in TV, you automatically start thinking, like you, you, you see the mom who's on TV crying, you know, my kid was carjacked and was in the car. <laughs> and you immediately say to yourself, oh, it's her boyfriend. Because you, you've seen, like, you've seen the best and the worst of humanity in a 24-hour period. Seriously. Right. And so sometimes as a journalist, I have to take a step back and say, okay, Rashonda, do not automatically go there. Let's, you know, scripture says love believes the best. So let's believe the best before you become the judge and jury, right? And so sometimes even with this matters, this particular event, I was just kind of watching from the background. You know, I'm quick to do a Google search. I'm quick to interview people, ask questions and inquire of this one. And, and so I just watched from the background and realized, okay, something about this isn't quite adding up. And then come to find out it wasn't. Right. By the way, Dr. Ikena Finch is in the house, people. Just so you Yay, know. Yay, Dr. Finch. Yeah, she just came in and I think she just popped out. <laughs> She's going to come back, though. I know her. Cause <laughs> she, there you are. Okay, she's back. So, awesome. Yeah, so it's super cool. Yeah, well, and you know what? The other thing is, too, let's talk about, uh, let, let's, uh, okay, I'm, I got to take a break. But 
After this break that I'm going to take for our sponsor, let's talk about the idea of our gut and intuition. And since we're women, how about women's intuition? Because, because I know for me, I've had to learn to go with my gut. And sometimes that's really hard to do because you don't want to think, you, you know, you don't want to go, oh, yeah, I don't really believe that person. But, but yeah. there's a reason for it. And I'd love your take on that. So you, you can think awesome. about it. Think about question. Yeah. Okay. So everybody, in case you didn't know, my guest today is the sweet and lovable Roshonda Pratt, aka The Row Show. You can go over to theroshowlive.com. I believe. Is that right? Is it? No. theroshowlive.com. Yeah, that's it. I got it right. Yeah, I did. I nailed it. theroshowlive.com. You can go there uh, during the break. Uh, but I want to thank all of you guys for tuning in. I know I didn't say hi to all of you like I normally do, but I do see you're there. Yeah, I do. You're noticed. I appreciate you sharing this out. And I also appreciate you supporting our sponsor, Ariel Ministries. If you guys are new to who Ariel is, this is the ministry that was founded many decades ago. Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum, he was a Messianic Jewish believer. Uh, This is him and his wife, Marianne, who's actually my friend, founded this ministry in order to disciple people and show them the context of the scripture in the original Hebrew Jewish context of the scripture so you can go to ariel.org and with the coupon code bible news save 20 percent and on anything in the store and if you want some ideas go over to our website biblenewsradio.com and go to our resources page and uh you know there's a whole bunch of different things on there there's ecclesiology there's uh the israel tour i mean you could actually go on a israel tour dvd set for like under 30 bucks. <laughs> I mean, it's a no-brainer. Uh, and you can save 20% on it <laughs> when you click on there. Um, and there's other books too. There's some prophecy books you can get, um, you know, and a whole bunch of stuff. So just check out our website there. If you want to become a pillar of our community and donate monthly, go over to our give page there. You can see BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. And just click that. You can set up a recurring payment, which would be super cool. And you know, all a pillar is is somebody who lifts others up and, you know, is faithful in doing it. We all need that, right, people? Right. So you could do that. And certainly not last or least, uh, if you want to sponsor or get legal protection for you and your family, get a will done, get your identity theft protection with ID Shield through me. Then you can go to bit.ly forward slash L-O-J 2019. L-O-J stands for Ladies of Justice, in case you're wondering. I am a Lady of Justice. In fact, I'm wearing my superhero Ladies of Justice blazer that just came today. I don't know if you can see the the thing on my thing. There it is. See that? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a shield of faith, people. Yeah, it is. Hey, I can make anything biblical. <laughs> Anyway, hey, Legal Shield is is actually, you know, founded by a Christian guy, just so you know. And if you buy it through me, then you help support our show as, at the same time. So you do love it, don't you? Isn't it cool? Yeah, it's super cool. I know. All right. Try to think. I don't have cue cards, and I know that people in real media do. Can you imagine people who are scripted all the time doing live streaming? <laughs> uh, it, you know, I can't even... Which is why I think the benefit to live streaming is just be yourself, people. That's all I got to do. Be yourself. Oh, that's what it was. I know it would come to me. 
If you're not on my text message list, you can join my text message list by texting the term Bible News to 33222. That's two threes and three twos. We made it simple for you. No confusing you here on our show. Text Bible News to 33222. Get on our text message list. And in the morning, I send out a scripture and I also slug you. That's my New Year's resolution is to slug you every morning. So what's that stand for? It means seek God first, lift others up, understand, grow, and be disciplined, essentially, in an acronym form, easy to remember every morning. So if you get if you get on my list, then you can go do that. In fact, today we talked about the difference between two things that I can't remember at the moment because I forgot. But all you got to do is go and check the previous thing here on my on my scope. And yeah, Carmen's saying, yes, get slugged. Isn't that cool? Just so you guys know, I'm going to be putting together a journal, a slugged journal. And um, it's going to be super cool. And this has been kind of a dream of mine. It, it was a dream and it came to fruition. Basically what it is, it's going to be my format and outline that I've been putting together. And you can actually use it to watch our show and take your prayer requests and stuff. But it, it's really an outline of growth every day. Just those little stepping stones of stuff that you're doing to grow and your, you know, to track your progress. That's what it is. It's going to be super cool. Get slugged with Stacy. <laughs> See, you'll remember because of the sound effects. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <clears throat> and now back to Roshonda Pratt, our special guest today. <laughs> I think that we should have some type of music in here somehow, like, before the break, we had on Roshonda Pratt talking about blah, 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 and we asked her to talk about women's intuition. <laughs> How am I doing here? <laughs> You're doing good. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. So yeah, let's talk about the whole women's intuition thing because there have been people that I have, like, especially on social media, I'm like, ooh, yeah, that guy isn't real or they're kind of a weirdo or whatever. What's been your experience, you know, with that? And 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 talk to not only your experience, but but how um, how you can help people who are afraid to follow to follow their gut. Yeah. You know, I spent a lot of time developing that gut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not just talking about eating. Yeah. Well, how I developed that gut is one of the things is by God's grace, I go with my peace. My peace, the peace of God has never failed me. And mm-hmm. so I really just take the time to, um, you know, sometimes we get so excited wanting to connect with people, right? You get a chance, you see them on social media, and then you say, hey, let's do lunch. And you want to connect with them in person. And then you go out to lunch and you really, 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 really want to be in this person's space. But you're over lunch and you realize this person really, 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 really isn't who they are online. So I think what we have to do is not force it. I'm a big fan of it's the Holy Spirit that fuses relationships together. I don't force that to happen. And I go with my peace. And how you develop your peace is spending time in relationship with God. And he'll start to teach you and train you and let you know when you feel like your peace is being disturbed. 
Like, I, I just don't, I don't have peace about that. Um, you know, I think of some, and, and the thing about with peace and cultivating this, Stacey, you could use it for everything. Uh -huh. I, you know, I'm going to give you a, a, a very practical example, and then I'm going to give you a business example. So one practical example of developing my gut and developing my peace. When we were getting married, um, I wanted a, a nice wedding dress. And my mom said she was willing to buy, my mom and dad said, we'll buy you whatever you want. But I didn't want to spend a lot of money on a wedding dress. Because I believe when you are of the kingdom, you are God's daughter, you don't pay um, retail. <laughs> Matter of fact, when I go shopping, I say, God, be the Lord over my shopping. Seriously, be the Lord over all, right? Mm -hmm. So I was looking at this wedding dress and the wedding dress was about 600 maybe $900. And my mom's like, this is good compared to another wedding dress that was about 1400 and my mom said, are you sure this is a dress you want? I said, I do, but, and she's like, well, what's the problem? I said, mom, I don't have peace. She said, well, what do you mean you don't have peace? I was like, I just don't have peace. Let's not buy it yet. Now, it was the only one in the store. My mom was very concerned that if we wait, we're not going to get this dress. I said, mom, let's just wait. So we went back a week later and I just was bopping around my parents' house. And I told my mom, I said, mom, let's go look at wedding dresses. I said, let's go back to the store. So we went back to the store. And Stacy, wouldn't you know it, that dress was 50% off. <laughs> my wedding dress was about 300 and something dollars, right? Because I went with my piece. My gut was telling me, no, don't jump the gun and buy this yet. Wait. Now, let's go over to the business side when it comes to relationship. I meet a lot of people, whether it's working as a journalist or just even being the road show live or just being a businesswoman in general. And, you know, I know there was a time where there was a particular person that watched them for um, maybe a year or so on social media, loved their message. She had a great message. It was amazing and aligned with what I wanted to do. Reached out, had a phone conversation with her. I said, oh, then this would be great. But after I had that phone conversation, I just said, something's not right. Something is just not gelling. And I kept trying to force it, Stacey, but I knew what my piece, what my check said. And my check was just like, Rashonda, pump the brakes. It was like, caution, caution, danger. So I didn't really pursue that relationship. And I'm glad because a person ended up, though they had a powerful message, they weren't living this message. They weren't living the truth of it. And um, they weren't doing business correctly with people. And they, weren't, they were mismanaging women. And, and I just said, this is not anyone that I want to align my brand with. And so by God's grace, I just continue to cultivate the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. He says, if you keep your mind stayed on him, he will keep you where? In perfect, perfect peace. peace. And yep. so that peace is what I spend time always cultivating. And before I do anything, I just say, and say what is my peace saying? And if I ever get to a point, Stacey, where I can't say yes or no, and I'm waffling in between, and I feel like I'm being double-minded, then the answer is no. Amen. You know what? I have to tell you a couple of things. First of all, I also got my dress for 300 bucks. <laughs> We're sisters. That's it. No, We're I sisters. mean, what's really weird is I got mine out of a JCPenney catalog. True story. <laughs> I did. It was so cheap. It was the cheapest dress ever, but it was beautiful. But the second thing is, is, uh, you know, my, my father, hey, Elvis, my father has uh, dementia. In the building? Yeah, Elvis Presley. He's a loving troll, I think. I think he's a nice troll. I'm not sure if you're really a troll, but if you are, I followed you, so I followed you back. I'm a troll follower. 
Anyway, what I was going to say is my dad, who's 90 years old and has dementia and Parkinson's, he's, he lives in assisted living. And anyway, I got to um, uh, the assisted living and the pastor of the church I go to, I go to a Baptist church uh, because of my dad, actually. But he he ended up, the former pastor of this church actually also lives in this assisted living. He's got dementia as well. But I tell you what, he is an anointed man of God. He's he's a real preacher with a word in due season. And I remember uh, when I first moved my father there, I was sitting here with this guy. His name's Amos. And I said, Amos, I don't know what to do. And he's like, he's like, do you feel peace about it? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, the peace of God, that should be our guide and everything. I mean, literally, he basically said everything you just said. Like, and this guy's been a pastor for like a hundred million years almost. Wow. That's an exaggeration. But, but how many people actually think, you know, along those lines? We're always thinking, let's see what the blingy thing is. Yeah, let's you know, see what the shiny thing is. Let's see how the money works. Yeah. But, you know, all money is not good money. Right. And I don't want to be in a relationship with anybody who is not um, authentic and it doesn't align with what I'm doing. And it's the same way with people working with me. I tell people, you know, I do partnerships and, and events and I tell people all the time, this has to be a win-win. It cannot just be heavy on my side and, and, um, heavy and, or not heavy on your side. I mean, that, that needs, there needs to be a, re- a, re- a relationship where we're both receiving something from it. Because I mean, when we think about the character of who Jesus is, man, he gave all. But man, is he re- has he received his glory, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you want to be in a relationship with people in the same way of that, man, I want it to be where they're not feeling like they're always on the cross and I'm walking freely, but we're in this together and we're both bearing the cross together. Did, did you ever, uh, did you ever struggle with that though? Did you ever struggle with, yeah, I'm always the one on the cross. I don't know how to get myself off this cross and, you know, let people walk all over day. you. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I think happens that I deal with a lot is I'm trying to figure out how to say this, dealing with the fact that I challenges come and pushing through those challenges that now I don't necessarily look at challenges as a bad thing. I look at it as, oh, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I just gotta push through it. Because sometimes people look at challenges I used to as, oh, this means I'm not supposed to do it. Well, no, sometimes the challenge comes because it's trying to get you off from doing what you're supposed to do. So just looking at challenges in the right perspective um, and looking at it as in order to be a champion, in order to get a trophy, you got to win something. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to win at this challenge, whatever it is, because he says that I'm a world overcomer. Amen. Well, and you are in Christ for sure. You know, it's interesting you bring up the word challenge because this year, one of the areas I'm specifically studying is the area of self-discipline and self-control. And the reason I think God laid that on my heart is because so many people, we completely ignore it. Yeah. Completely ignore it. And anyway, I'm reading this book. I don't even, I, I don't believe the guy's even a believer. I can't even think of his name at the moment. Otherwise I'd give you the name, but, mm-hmm. but in the very first couple of pages, one of the very first things he talks about is how we need to live our lives embracing the obstacles and the challenges. And the reason why is because the more we embrace them, accept them and look for them, 
the more resilient we're going to be so that we can keep going where we need to go. And I thought about it. I thought, you know what? That's the difference between a winner and a whiner, you know, and whiners irritate the crap out of me. (laughs) I'm just saying (laughs) they do. It's like, shut up. (laughs) I just want to hit you. It's like you have two feet, two eyes, a brain. Go do something. Stop, you know. Yeah. You use a rubber band. In order for a rubber band to be effective, it has to be stretched, right? Ah, that's good. Yeah. And I think about my word for the year. Every year I I come up with a word. I don't do resolutions. So I do a word of the year. And my word of the year this year is catapult. Mm -hmm. And when God talked to me about that in prayer, I just was like, well, that's not really, I mean, honestly, sexy. I mean, last year was (laughs) epic leaps. The year before was epic. And I mean, I was just like, oh, these these are happening words. And I'm like, catapult. But then I realized when I started thinking about what the catapult is, you know, it's the device that you see in these old medieval movies where they put the rock in it and it's hurled over. But in order for that thing to be effective, guess what, Stacy? There's got to be tension. Yep. In order for it to be used at its optimal level, there's got to be tension. And I just sat there and I said, well, I can agree with that for my life. Mm-hmm. There's tension. Maybe you're, you know, watching this live or watching the replay and you say, man, I can understand that there's been a lot of tension, but I'm telling you, tension sometimes is necessary in order to what? Catapult you into the enemy's camp in order to do the destruction and the damage that's needed. Tension sometimes has to be present. Amen. And I didn't need to get into preaching there, but I felt that on me and I needed to say it. Well, you needed to say it. Plus, people need to know that you actually quit your job last year so that, yeah. you, that, so that you could become a full-time entrepreneur. And that takes some courage and guts. You know what I'm saying? That's the catapult. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, Randall and I, too, we were talking about this. We, six years ago, we, we moved here to Tennessee not knowing. Well, I can't say we didn't know anybody, but we basically didn't have jobs. The jobs that we had when we actually moved and sold our house, basically, as we were driving across Tennessee, we lost. And we ended up here <laughs> getting ripped off and then trying to start all over. And so it's like, talk about like a step of faith and everything. And yet, I have to say... Six years later, Randall and I have reevaluated where we're at. We don't have the money we used to have. I mean, in fact, probably a third of the money we used to live on. But we have more fruitful relationships. We're a lot happier. And the Lord has expanded, you know, the biblical kingdom of God, hopefully through what we do, as as perfect as it is. (laughs) Hey, Joyce, nice to see you. Joyce Gilmer's here. Hey, Joyce. Hi, you are. At least I thought she was. Well, anyway, if you know if you're not, we're glad that you were here. Kind of. Oh, yeah, you are. She's, oh, she was tagged. Now, Joyce was on our panel too, right? Yes, she was. Yeah. Good to see her. Joyce is a, a wonderful sister in the Lord. You're all great. I love being part of that Social Power Summit. I was the cream filling amongst you all. <laughs> <laughs> you were the creamy center of our Oreo. <laughs> Hey, hey, you know what? Somebody had to be. It may as well be me, right? There you have it. There you have it. Uh, well, you know, I actually have an A-list guest question I ask my guests. Uh-oh. And and, and it's a couple. There's a couple. Our, our time is, you know, I don't want to go over our hour too much. But I want to end the show by uh, by asking you one of my super cool Weirdo A-list questions. Okay, ready? I'll, I'll give you the category. 
All right, for $500, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, for, let's see. Okay, so I'll give you a category. Eggs, driving, what's the other category, bareface? It's been a while since I asked this. Or, or magnets. magnets. Or magnets. <laughs> okay, so magnets is your, okay, so eggs, magnets. No, no, I'm not picking magnets. So the question that the categories are eggs, yep. driving, or magnets. Yes. I'm going to do driving. Okay, that's the one that almost... I've had so many people cry during this question. Oh, boy. Okay, so this is the question. Don't worry. See, I just set you up to like get scared. I didn't mean to do that, actually. Okay. Okay, so here's my, my question. Did mm -hmm. you pass your driver's test on the first time? Yeah, I did. Yes. I did. My mom and dad um, tag team and taught me how to drive. Um, which was very funny because my dad is very much the driver of speed up, speed up. What are you doing? Get in the lane, get over it. He's very aggressive driving. My mom is the type of person who is like, you need to stop. You need to stop. There's a stop sign. And I'm like, but mom, it's two miles down the road. You want me to stop from up here? So um, I did pass. And the funny thing is my mom said that she was in the bathroom praying for me. That's <laughs> Oh, good. So I'm glad you didn't cry because I've had men like go like start to get upset because they like this is a traumatic memory. So I'm glad it was happy yeah, for you. No, I passed. It was I did a good job. Yeah. Now, can I pick another category? This is fun. Sure. Okay. Magnets or eggs is another one. Eggs. Okay. Now this one's my favorite. Okay. So, so <clears throat> it's not what people think. First of all, do you eat eggs? I do every morning. Yeah, okay. And I do most mornings. Today I had an apple fritter. Actually, I had two. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I love apple fritters. And <laughs> okay, so good. You eat eggs. All right. So the question is, and this, this I have to give credit to my friend who is a, a psychologist. Uh, his name is Dr. Raymond Preston. He's really popular here in Tennessee. And he's, a, he's hilarious as all get out. Okay, so here's the thing. When you take your eggs out of the carton mm -hmm. and you crack them to cook them, what okay. do you do with the shells? <laughs> okay, so I... What do I do with the shells? I don't put them in the carton because that, that... No, unless the carton is empty. But I immediately go put them in the trash. Okay, so you're not a composter or a garbage disposal person. No. Good to know. Mm -mm. Okay, so now this is part two. Okay. Okay. Assuming you didn't take the last couple eggs in your in your dozen or whatever it is that you get, what do you do with the other eggs? Do you rearrange them? Do you keep them in the same spot? What do you do there? Oh, I keep them in the same spot. I'm the kind of person that when I start taking the eggs out of the row, I have to start in order and stay in that order. I don't randomly pick like, oh, just get two here. It has to keep the row has to be the same. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> okay, so the, by order, what do you mean? You Like, you have them here this way. Do you take one out? Like So here's the row, and so I'm taking, okay, so I'm going to eat three eggs. I'm going to take two here, one from over here. So it's still so that way it still remains uneven as I take three because I usually do three boiled eggs a day, mm -hmm. right? So so I still the same. If I'm just gonna take two eggs, I'm gonna take one egg from here, one egg from this side. Gotcha. I'm not gonna take the two from the two sides. Gotcha. So you 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 take them out so that the carton continues to remain balanced. Organized. Yes. I know. Mm -hmm. 
That's yeah. good. I can't, I can't say that I'm really surprised by this. I just, you know, kind of no, pegged it. My husband it. jokes all the time. He's like, you know, you're borderline OCD. I, I'm one of those people. Like, even if you look at my dry erase board with my post-it notes right now, mm-hmm. they're all nicely organized. Like, oh, line them up, line them up. Melanie. I, I just got to do it. Melanie said, I do the same thing. Keep them in order. Of course you do. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you the last category, magnets. Okay. Okay. Now I asked Dr. Ben Carson this question. I remember this story. Okay. Mm-hmm. So but I don't remember the question. Okay. Yes. The question is, what kind of magnets do you have on your refrigerator? Oh, okay. The magnets I have on my refrigerator are little things my kids made. So whether it was Sunday school or children's church, or it is um, a Christmas ornament that they made with felt something or other in nursery school or in 4K. And mind you, my kids are 12, 11, and 8. So they're far removed from those kitty stages, Mm -hmm. but yet I still have their little magnets that they made and they're on their fridge. Yeah. See, that's super cool. Yeah, it is. Hey, you can learn a lot from somebody about the magnets on their on their fridge. I believe that. I like that question. I'm going to start you tell asking my guests that question. That's a good question. Chris Fabry from Moody Radio stole it too. Wanted to mm-hmm. use it on his show because I asked him. I like it. You know how yeah. I came up with that question though. This is the funniest thing. Yeah. I was living in California at the time, and I was driving through Orange County where I lived, and mm-hmm. I happened to turn and was looking at some of the houses, and there was a fridge in a person's yard, which is something you never normally saw. Right. And the fridge had the door on it and the magnets were on the door. And I remember going home. I was I was on Blog Talk Radio at the time just doing a live blog talk show. And I opened this question up and I got so many people calling in. I was wow. like, yeah. And so what I learned, and I know you, you already know this because you're the, the real, you know, real media person. I, I learned that if you ask somebody a unique question they remember you and that's actually what happened with dr carson was Mm. i was on blog talk radio had a 20 minute interview with him and blog talk deleted it and Mm. i was so mad i don't get mad often but i got mad at that because that was like i can't believe that you deleted that i was Mm. able to get a second interview at six o'clock in the morning which is to me not godly at all and Mm. uh him and he, he got on the phone and I said to him, said, you know, thank you for coming back on my show. Let me just remind you who I am. I asked you this question about magnets. And he says to me, ah, oh, you're the magnet lady. I remember you. Now, this man has done hundreds of interviews. So yeah. to remember that, that's the hook, right? So that's it. Well, I have a question for you. Okay. So do you have an iPhone? I do. So when's, what's the last thing that you asked Siri? I don't use Siri. <laughs> what? Nope. Here. I don't I don't use Siri. Nope. It's spyware. I Okay. I asked, well then they know a lot of my information. Well directions <laughs> for this. Siri, tell me what the weather is today. <laughs> Do you have an alternate question? Um I feel like I disappointed you there. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, I know Joyce just said, no Siri? I know. I I might have to cave and become part of the cult of Siri. (laughs) (laughs) Joyce, sorry. Do you use emojis? I do. Okay, what's your favorite emoji? 
<sighs> my favorite emoji is the laughing emoji with tears that come out of its eyes. I, I love that one because it's funny looking and it's funny and I always tend to laugh a lot. So that's kind of why. You use that one a lot? I do. Okay. That's, Fair enough. That you one. redeemed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That would be it. Yep. That would be it. All right. Okay. So tell everybody a little bit about how they can listen to your show or watch it. And then, you know, if do you take guests or anything, if, you know, people want to apply or something, just whatever you want. That the floor awesome. is yours. Stacey, thank you so much for this opportunity. I've enjoyed talking to you. This has been so much fun, my friend. Um, you can follow me on social media here on Facebook, well, across all social media platforms as The Rose Show Live, T-H-E-R-O-S-H-O-L-I-V-E. Um, the Rose Show Live returns. We took a little break for the holiday. We were turning back live for our Media Mondays every Monday at 8.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right on my public figure your page, The Rose Show Live. And we talk about business, we talk about faith, we talk about telling your story, and um, we talk about owning your visibility, because your visibility is power. Yeah, it is. I got to get one of your shirts, by the way, that reminds me. Yes. Visibility is power. Visibility is power is Rose uh, tagline is super cool, and her shirt's cool. It really is. So, all right, people. Well, Ro, thank you for coming on our side. Don't, don't hang up there. But thank you for coming on the show. You were awesome as always. You know, this this hour just... It did. It was awesome. It was. I had a good time. It was really cool. I really loved it. And, of course, thank you to Dr. Ikena for introducing us. Well, kind of in person, but all that. It's yeah. so neat to see how God puts his people, his women in particular, <laughs> where we're at, you know, because God uses everybody. Yeah, he does. Even people like Elvis in the chat room. Yes. Thank yeah. you, Elvis. Yep. <laughs> All right, you guys, tomorrow is Friday, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Which means it's free for all Friday. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I'm going to be taking my dad to the doctor tomorrow, so I'll probably have a dad story tomorrow. Anyway, so we'll see you then. Remember, I always show this. Uh, I always end the show uh, the way that I do because I can. I'm glad you enjoyed the show, Carmen. And thank all you guys for coming in. I really appreciate it. Gina, Pastor Percy, uh, Carmen, um, Marlene, Melanie, Wanda, Aaron, who served our country proudly, and anybody else out there that's watching, thank you for coming in. Really appreciate it. I know some of you are over on everywhere else. Thank you. Thank you, people. You rock. All right. So remember, be bold. Stand up. And go with God, because he loves you. We'll see you tomorrow.